Section 14 of the American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 4, October 1870. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Lisa Marie Dolce. The American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 4, October 1870, by Various. Section 14, Queen Breeding for Improvement of Race. Mr. Editor. In the September number of your excellent journal, page 58, Mr. Alley accuses the writer of pitching into him, but I find he can still hold up his head and pitch back, as well as raise cheap queens, so he is not badly wounded. But, to be serious, I most sincerely regret that any sentence in my article, in the August number, was so worded that it was thought to be personal. It has been a favorite project with me to see the honeybee improved to its highest possible extent. And even Mr. Alley concedes the principle for which I contend, for, says he, I pay the highest prices for my breeding queens, and now have queens of my own raising that I would not sell for fifty dollars. This is a higher price than I proposed for such queens, five or six times over. He says he will take my whole lot and my figures, if I have such queens as I describe. I would not like to spare them, Mr. Alley, for I value them as highly as you do your best queens. I do not doubt that every man who gets a queen from Mr. Alley, or from any other man who sends the genuine breed, gets the worth of his money. But what I did mean to say was that if a man wishes to get the highest grade of Italians, let him get one that has been raised from the best selected stock under the eye of an experienced apiarian and thoroughly tested before she is used as a breeder. Then the buyer will know what he is getting and would find his purchase cheap at $20 rather than one that was untested and raised at haphazard at $2 and a half. I repeat, let the Queen Raising Brotherhood unite to state these facts fairly and squarely before the world and let men who believe in sharp practice keep such things out of sight. I, too, if ever I go into the business again, will sell queens at $2.50, sending them out as soon as they begin to lay eggs, to any number ordered, guaranteeing that all the workers shall show three yellow bands when filled with honey, but if tested and guaranteed as breeders, I would ask $10 each. 
if I was going to commence Italianizing an apiary, I would send to some responsible man such as Langstroth, Colvin, Quimby, Gallup, Mrs. Tupper, or Mr. Alley, and in the room of sending $2.50, I would say, fix your own price, but send me the best queen you can select. For I would rather have such a one than four of average untested queens. And putting the seller upon his honor, I think I should get the best, where all were good. Others may differ from me in opinion, yet I have given the public my views honestly. Mr. George C. Silsby has my thanks for his courteous criticism of my article. Mr. J. E. Pond likewise, though he misapprehends my intention to attack any one but sharpers, who sell for pure Italians what no one, qualified to judge, would call even a good hybrid. I know nothing of Mr. Alley, only through his advertisement, and of course knew nothing of the quality of his bees. But while I know nothing of him, I do know men who sent to where it was most convenient and cheapest, and straightway they became queen breeders and supplied the country round, in turn, with genuine queens. It would take an expert often to detect a particle of Italian breed in many such colonies that I know of. In such cases, often, the queen breeder himself did not know that he was selling a spurious article. I may have been foolish, but I did send to Italy for stock that cost me $20 each, when I could have procured stock from Mr. Landstroth for $5 each. The same year, I procured a queen from Mr. Colvin for $15, tested in preference, and the very next year, I sent $15 to Mr. Landstroth for a tested and superior queen, when he would have sold me an untested one for half the money. I think still that the money was well invested. Two years ago, I left the personal supervision of queen raising and a gentleman by the name of J.L. Strong is now conducting the same apiary at Mount Pleasant, Iowa. He has not been able to supply all his orders this season. My articles were dated from that place, but my residence is at Otumwa, Iowa where I am trying to fill the place of pastor of one of the Methodist Episcopal churches of that city. I have raised just four queens this season, one of which was a hybrid. These I have used in making new swarms. I have five colonies here, which still interest me greatly, although there are not many dollars and cents as income in the enterprise, and I take all the profits in honey for my table. So, you see, I am not a formidable rival in the trade. But, in common with the brotherhood, be on the brain, is a chronic complaint with me, and I never shall recover from it. And every man who talks bees, or writes bees, or 
raises queen bees for $2.50 or any other price, has traits that make me regard him as a brother. And if I write an occasional article, don't think I am pitching into someone or writing to show off. Then, further, if you find my articles only half as interesting to you as yours are to me, I shall be content. In the meantime, let us raise no false expectations, but so write that we can put in the hands of the cottager occupying a few square roods the means of keeping, in an intelligent manner, from twenty to one hundred colonies that shall bring him as much profit as the owner of a farm reaps from his broad acres. E. L. Briggs, Otumwa, Iowa, for the American Bee Journal. End of section 14.